Hey, my name is Jackson Canty and welcome to Vim Online. Thank you for spending time with me today. I hope you are encouraged. I hope you know you have purpose, you are loved, and you belong. Enjoy this message. I don't know if you've ever gotten something and just wondered, what is this? Like, what? What is this? And that's the subject I want to come to you under today. What is this? Because you often question what you don't understand. That's why you ask the question, because I don't understand. So you cannot ever really be afraid to ask too many questions or sound curious, because that's how you learn. And I want to come to you really from one verse out of Job. And so you can open your Bible, scroll through your Bible, Google your Bible, however you like to do it. And find your way to Job chapter 1. Um, one time I was in Sunday school and I, Sunday school is kind of weird. And... Not because, you know, of anything other than the fact that they would make you do some... Did Okay, if you grew up in Sunday school, did you ever do something like weird? I was thinking back over the book of Job and any experiences I've had with it in my life. And I remember this one time in Sunday school... And the person leading the Sunday school had Job 1.8 printed out. And this is what the verse says, Job 1.8. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? Because Job was a righteous man. Job served God. Job was the face for living a godly life. Job and God we're bros, if I can say that. And so, then, then the verse goes, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. And he, the guy leading the Sunday school class I was sitting in, I think I was in like... um maybe middle school or high school. I remember I was young though. And the the guy had the verse printed off. It was 1-8. And he, he had it different though. He had a blank line where Job's name was. So this is how it read. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant? Blank line. There is no one on the earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. And the guy leading the Sunday school said, Okay, here's what I want you to do. He was so excited. I want you to write your name on this blank line because I want you when you leave here to go and live a life 
where there is no one like you on the earth and you are blameless and you are upright and you are a man who fears God or woman who fears God and shuns evil. And I didn't really understand the Bible a whole lot. So I was like, yeah, that's good. That's a good idea. I'll write my name here and I'll try to live a good life. And now that I have more of an understanding of the book of Job, I think I would like to erase my name from that line. Whatever Job had to get to do to be in the type of relationship with God where when Satan came knocking, God recommended Job for a trial. I think I would like to be close to God, not that close. I do not want me and God to be on the page for when Satan comes up and says, you got anybody I can mess with? God says, have you considered my boy Jackson? Whatever I've got to do to get on that list, I don't want to do it. <laughs> and so, but that's not what I wanted to talk to you about. That's just what I thought about when I um, picked up and started thinking about the book of Job. Um, I really want to talk about two verses prior to that verse. I want to talk about Job 1.6. And this is what Job 1.6 says. I'm reading out of the NIV translation. So wherever you are, if you want to pull it up, there's apps you can download. You can go right onto the App Store, no matter if you have an Apple device or if you have an Android device. There's an app. It's called the Bible app. Thank you, Life Church and Craig Rochelle, for that. Um, and I know there's plenty of different ones on the on the internet, um, and so however you like to do it, I'll read the Bible on my phone, on my um, on my laptop, I'll read it on my iPad, I'll read it off paper, I'll read it on the social media, I'll read it if somebody flies an airplane in the sky and spells it out in the clouds, I'll sit there and read it, because it's the Word of God, it doesn't matter what form it takes, what matters is that it gets in your heart, so if you can pull it out and read it with me, NIV translation, Job 1.6. One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord. The angels came. The angels came. I think it's funny how, you know, people really love the idea of angels. Um, and I think if I saw a person with wings, it freaked me out. Um, I don't know if they really do have wings, but... That would freak me out. Anyways, so the angels came. The angels came. The angels. We love angels. Chance. Chance the Rapper um, put out a whole song about angels. <laughs> so I don't know why I said that, but I did. And, um... So one day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord. And about this time when I was reading this verse, it made sense to me. Yeah, the angels come to the Lord. That makes sense to me. What caught me off guard was what came next. And it says this, and Satan also came with them. Now, when I read that, it made me pause for a minute 
because I knew that the angels and God talked sometimes. I knew that they were on the same. I knew they were in a group message together, but I did not know that Satan was also in the group message. I did not know that he hung out with the angels. I did not know that they walked around together. And it showed me, this is what it showed me when I read this verse. It showed me that good and bad don't always show up separate from each other. I always thought that either good things happen to you or bad things happen to you. So I either thought that like some things were good and you should do those things and then some things were bad and you should stay away from those things. I'm starting to realize that good and bad don't always travel separate. Sometimes they share an Uber. Um so let me give you let me give you an illustration, a story example. I was going to do some yard work cuz I do some yard work on the side. I do it's I was doing this lawn care. And I show up it's a two-day job. I show up Saturday and we're we're putting some straw down and we hear this squeak 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 it's just the cutest little sound it's squeak 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 i could tell it was coming from somewhere i was like what is that and i look down and there is a baby bunny i'm not even kidding it's a babe i mean not a not a rabbit i'm talking about a baby it looks like something on a kids easter poster it's so small it's so cute it's so precious it's so tiny. And that was Saturday. Sunday, I'm on the way there, and I get a text message that says, hey, don't come. And then there was a picture attached to the message. So I clicked on the picture. It was a copperhead snake. It was ginormous. It was the same yard. The baby bunny and the big snake were in the same yard. Same yard. And I think some things in our life, we label... Okay, I have three points today. Here's point number one. We don't label what is good. I think we're quick to put a label on something. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's bad. I think we're quick to label someone. Oh, they're good. Or they're a bad person. No, they're not a bad person. You would do way worse things if you had their parents. You would do way worse things if you were brought up in their upbringing. So don't be so quick to label somebody from your first impression. And also don't be so quick to label something based on your first impression of it. Because sometimes you see Satan... And you want to run, but the angels are right there with them. All right? The angels are right there with them. And so we don't get to decide what is good, and we don't get to decide what is bad. 
And I find this timely for the period of time in which our nation and our world find ourselves in. Because there is this disease on one hand that is bringing death, destruction, and it's obviously not good. But the same disease is bringing death is bringing perspective. The same people that just woke up, went to work, did their thing, came home, turned on the game, didn't really care how they treated people, didn't really care how their relationships were, didn't really care about this or that, didn't really care about what was going to happen to them um, and what what relationship with God they have. They didn't really care and all this and they're just stuck in a rhythm and now their rhythm has been broken and now they're asking the right questions. Sometimes it takes the wrong thing to make you ask the right question. And so I just found this verse timely in a period where something has arrived on America, on China, on Italy, on a lot of countries' doorsteps, and we're quick to label it bad. Now, don't hear me say this is a good thing, but do hear me say God takes what the enemy meant for evil to use for good. Romans 8.28 says all things work together for the good. It doesn't have to be good for God to use it for the good. Okay, so Job, Job's friends were trying to justify what was happening to Job. So they were saying, oh, you must have done something wrong because of the situation you're in, because of the element you're in. You must have done something to deserve this. And they were trying to justify what had happened to Job. But sometimes God's reason is bigger than our justification. And so we don't get to label what is good and we don't get to label what is bad. We're saying, oh, God must be punishing. No, God's not punishing and whether or not this is from God, he's using it. So I'm not saying God sent this. I'm just saying God can use this. And we try so quickly to justify why this is happening. We don't get to let... Okay, here's a bonus point. We don't get to label why things happen. We get to say this happened and we get to handle it. But we don't get to label what happened or why it happened and God's reasons are bigger than our explanations and we don't get to give credit to God for what he's doing his ways are above our way his thoughts are above our thoughts his he's outside he functions outside of the universe he functions outside of time he functions outside of human reason so what we do not have the ability to do is accurately understand see we're thinking 20 days from now god's thinking 20 generations from now and so we can't get so caught up in trying to label what god is doing it was like in mark 12 
when starting in verse 21, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put in and watched the crowds putting their money into the temple treasury. Many threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins, only worth a few cents. And calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth. But she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. So my, my second point is this. We don't get to label what is big. We don't get to say, oh, you know. So I was, I was texting my friend the other day. And I was texting him because he wants to be a pastor like me. And I told him, I said, God's going to do really big things. Um, and when I, when I say that, a lot of times people think I mean crowds, like, oh, God's going to bring a lot of people. But I texted him, I said, God's going to do really big things, but I'm not talking about crowds because as we've seen this past week and this past month, that, that can be taken away. What God wants to do is do something so big that it can't be taken away. And a lot of us try to label certain things as big and certain things as small. So when somebody gives a million dollars, we say, oh, wow, wow, that was big. And when somebody gives a hundred dollars, we say, now that's, that's really nice. But, but, but you don't know if that person that gave a million has a billion and you don't know if that person who gave 100 has 150. So maybe the hundred is bigger than the million. And we don't get to label what is big. We don't get to label what is good. And we don't get to label what is big because the way God views things is different. This is what I'm trying to get us to see. God views things differently than we view things. So we don't get to label things as big or we don't get to say that certain things are small. Maybe it's the thing that you're counting as small that the things God's going to use to bring you into your purpose. Maybe the thing that you've been thinking this is too small to even get my attention is the thing that God's been trying to bring your attention to. We don't get to label what is big. We don't get to label what is big, and we don't get to label why God does what he does. Because when 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 Job tried to blame God for what God was doing, this was God's response. This was my favorite verse for a while. Because it's it's a little bit on the savage side for God. He goes a little bit past what is normal this isn't a bless the lord at all times kind of verse this is a verse where god god goes off that's what the subtitle for this is i'm just making it right now off the top of my head when god goes off because here here's what god says in 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 job 38 verse 4 job's job's saying god you know like why have you done this it would be better that i weren't even born because because job was trying to justify what God was doing or what God was allowing to happen. But this is God's response. Job 38 verse 4. Where were you when I laid the 
Earth's foundation. Tell me if you understand. Tell me if you understand. I'm gonna go back. Let me just let me just let me just hang out at this verse for a minute. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Okay, now I want to ask you that. Where were you when he laid the earth's foundation? When he said, yeah, I think I like the mountains right there. That looks good. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Will you move the stars a little bit to the left? Oh, no, no, no. Go back right a little bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's right. All right. The seat. Um, Yeah, that that can go in the seat. That can go in the seat. No, let's put that on the land. All right. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, I like that. Okay. Oh, let's see. Yeah. Oh, it's dark. Let there be light. Now there's light. While he was doing that, where were you? Okay. While he was doing that, what were you doing? Okay. That's what he's asking Job. While I was just laying the foundations of the earth, you had not even come into the concept of understanding of what life could possibly even be. You couldn't even think to think to think to think to think to think. So, while I was doing all that, where were you? And that's God's question to Job. He asked the question. When God asks question it's to get us to understand what he's saying what he's saying tell me if you understand what he's saying is you don't need to be able to understand to act you don't need to be able to explain something to serve someone and some of us want to be able to completely explain or understand something before we'll jump in. So, in the midst of a crisis, we'll try to say why this is happening rather than just saying, what can we do? So, this is how God showed it to me. Can I, can I just share with you how God showed it to me? We don't control our elements. We control our engagements. We don't control our element we control our engagement so what i mean by that is what's around us that's our element and to a certain extent we can okay yeah i like this person in my life okay yeah i like this city okay yeah maybe i like this job okay yeah there's certain elements we can control but as we've seen there are certain elements around this world that no matter how hard we try we have no control over so this is how god showed it to me we don't control our element but we control the level of engagement that we give to our element so we can just sit down on the couch watch the news and say oh this is terrible or we can say okay this is an opportunity. Oh, I love this. Because when when God puts you in the middle of a struggle, he gives you strength for that struggle. And he can make you look at an obstacle and say, that's an opportunity. 
That's an opportunity. And God is trying to get some of us to look at our lives and look at things that we used to wish never happened and wish that we, oh, I was seven and this happened to me. It shouldn't have happened to you, but it did. And you can blame that situation and and make your life a living hell for the rest of your being on this planet until you get to heaven. Or you can look at that and say, now that was an obstacle, but I'm going going to use that as an opportunity. And so God said, when I was laying the foundations of the earth, what were you doing? What were you doing? And we have to get outside of ourselves and stop trying to control what we can't control and get inside of trying to take hold of what we can take hold of. And so in that same conversation, over text I was having with my friend he was telling me and he so I was like yeah God's gonna do big things and I'm not talking about crowds because as we've seen that can be taken away and he's this is what he responds he says yeah I know God's gonna do big things I just hope we're ready for it I didn't correct um but if I'm honest and maybe this is just a me thing what I want God to give me, personally, I want it to be something bigger than what I'm ready for. I'm not talking about the Lord gives us more than we can handle in the area of sin. What I'm talking about is what I want God to put me in the middle of, I want it to push me to the point where I have to grow. And a lot of times, okay, here's my third point. We don't control what's next. We control what's now. So this is what I mean. We don't get to say what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't get to say what's going to happen, what's going to happen. Now, there's a difference between between saying what's going to happen and and saying, okay, I can't control to some extent what's going to happen. But what I do get to control is my attitude towards today. And so we don't get to control what's going to happen. We get to control our response to now. And now, hear me, I'm not saying don't think about the future. What I am saying is that there is a difference between being prepared and being paranoid. So, we can prepare for the future, but we can't control the future. We can control how we think about the future and how we prepare for it, but we actually can't prepare for what does happen and so we don't label what is next we don't get to say that's what's gonna happen so when my friend texted me that he said I just hope we're ready I don't want to be ready I wanted to grow me and we can either look at our situation and say this is big but I can handle it Or we can look at a a situation and let God bring into our lives something that is too big and say, this is so big, I can't handle it. And I need he who gives me strength. I need Christ in me. I need the God of the universe who laid the foundations of the earth to be with me in this. I don't pray for things that I can handle. I pray for things that I need him to handle with me. And so 
my really my goal is to minister and to encourage you that these three things that we don't get to label what's good. We don't get to label, we don't get to say that's good or that's bad, but we get to label but what we do get to do is control our posture in it. We do get to say, I don't control what's good or bad, but I get to control whether I stand for it or not. We don't get to control what's big or what's small. And we don't get to label what is big and what's small. But we do control our sacrifice. So we don't control or label what is big in the economy of God. But we do get to label what is a sacrifice and we get to choose whenever it should be a sacrifice you should feel that that should be something you feel it should not be something that you just do and then the last thing is is we don't get to label what is next we don't get to label what is next but we get to we get to posture ourselves in what is now and Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your, that you're speaking. I thank you that you're moving. I thank you that you are changing. I thank you that you are loving. I thank you that you are healing. I thank you that you are teaching. I thank you that you are growing us through your word, through your power, through your revelation, through your spirit. Lord, I pray you take this podcast. I think take take this episode, take this message, and put it in hearts and and make it pivot in their life and. And you're good, and, and your salvation and your son is what we look towards. Your salvation and your son is what we look for, towards. We thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, I was just thinking during that prayer how we we don't get to... Somebody might have looked at the crucifixion and said, that's small, it's just a man dying. It's just a man who didn't really fit in. and the, you know, So crucifixion was normal back then. And the same person could have looked at that and saw it as normal. But another person could have looked at him. Oh, somebody that was labeled bad could have looked at him and say, you really are the son of God. And Jesus can turn back with him and say, tomorrow you will be with me in paradise. Because... Because we don't get to label what is significant sacrifice. We don't really get to label what is happening in the moment. We just get to control our response to it. We don't control our element. We just control our engagement. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this blessed you. I hope this encouraged you. Um, Yeah, thank you for tuning in. I wanted to say... Um, thank you to those who give to um, to the podcast. It helps so much, helps us reach and do more. And so really appreciate those of you who do that. If you're interested in doing that, go um, in, to our website and you will see there the support page. Um, you can get to our website by clicking the link that is in the uh, description below. Thank you so much. Hey, before you go, I hope this encouraged you. I hope you know you have purpose, you are loved, and you belong. If you did enjoy this, um, I just want to ask, share it. 
Um, screenshot it, send it to your friends, share the link, do whatever you can do, get the word out. It'll really help help us out. Um, second, go to our website, vimonline.org. If you just made a decision of faith and you're like, I want to start stepping in relationship, walking in stride with God. If that's you, the very first page, when you pull up vimonline.org, it'll be a decision for faith. You can put in your name, your email and your address. And we're not going to do anything weird. We're not going to bug you. We're not going to send you a bunch of stuff or show up at your door. We just want to say congratulations. We want to send you a Bible um, and some other resources that will help you getting started along and walking with God. Also by going to Vim online.org you can support financially it is the financial gifts that help us move forward and take the ministry into new places thank you so much i hope this blessed you thank you